Thank you. It's only Tuesday, so don't get too wet. Clapping, 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 and here we go. The Dr. Zeus Podcast is brought to you by... It's Tuesday, and I didn't have tacos, too, for Tuesday. There is a wonderful place about maybe 20 miles, 27 miles from me. Um, It's just a Mexican restaurant. Now that, I would love to go there all the time and have two tacos and some enchiladas, you know. But it's not going to happen. I figured I'd capture this moment since it's fresh. Kind of as fresh as a tossed salad. But enough about me getting bent over. The Dr. Zeus podcast. The Oscars are on Sunday. So far, I have watched Bohemian Rhapsody, which I saw back in November. I'll give it to Rami Malek. He was brilliant. The Favorite, which is, oh my God, amazing. And now The Wife, which happens to have Christian Slater, who was in Mr. Robot with Rami Malek. Glenn Close and The Wife, The Big Reveal. Or as Dr. Riversong said on Doctor Who, or Professor Riversong, spoilers! And so I'm not going to do them. Glenn Close delivers a performance um, that is worthy of that Academy Award. Not just that, but the body of work. Of Glenn Close. Oh my god. And then what she delivers in this film. It's as if a flower is finally opening up. It is brilliant. It's sad to watch. But you watch this woman come into her own. Finally. That it's taking. You know better late than never. So when I mark my. I have. We do the little pretend ballots. On Oscar Sunday, I'm going to mark Glenn Close. Now, I haven't watched A Star is Born yet. And this is where the dilemma comes in. I wish they could have a tie. You know, 50 years ago, they had a tie. Very famous tie in acting. Hasn't happened in 50 years. And I'm going to tell you and warn you that if Barbara Streisand shows up to present Best Actress, then something's up, people. Get ready. Hold on. Get ready. I I wish it would happen. I don't think it's going to. It would be nice 50 years later, you know, but um, here we go. There they are, the best actresses of 1968. Catherine Hepburn in The Lion in Winter, Patricia Neal for The Subject was Roses, Vanessa Redgrave for Isadora, Barbara Streisand, Fanny Gurr, Joanne Woodward for Rachel, Rachel. 
the winner, it's a tie. The winners are Catherine Hepburn in Lion in the Winter and Barbara Streisand. That has never happened ever again. 50 years ago, 1969, Ingrid Bergman is told by the Pricewaterhouse people to read everything carefully. And she's like, oh. Then she, you know, announces the nominees, as you just heard. Then she opens that envelope and is just... A tie like that hadn't happened in a long while. It never happened again. You had two legendary actresses. Barbara Streisand in her first film. Katherine Hepburn. This was her third Academy Award. She had won the previous year for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. She, okay, here's a funny thing. Before Guess Who's Coming to Dinner... Catherine Hepburn had been nominated many times, like Meryl Streep, and had not won an Oscar since 1933. It is the longest gap in between wins. That says something about the love for Catherine Hepburn. And she would go on to win, everyone knows, the fourth Oscar. No one has ever surpassed her, and I don't think anyone ever will. Some people think Meryl Streep, but I don't know. Huh. Four Best Actress Oscars. One of them in a tie. Sunday night, it would be nice to see a tie. And like I've said, the only way it's going to happen is this. If Barbara Streisand walks up to announce Best Actress, then you know something's up. Something the Academy is prepared to either joke around with it or say, Here, here's the next one. I don't know. You have Glenn Close, a legendary actress, just like Catherine Hepburn. In fact, knew Catherine Hepburn very well. She's been nominated seven times, has never won, and has tackled stage and screen, film. Singing, cartoons. And then you have Lady Gaga. This is her first lead film. Not her first film, but her first lead film. And is in a role, strangely enough, that was played by Barbara Streisand. Uh, This also is a role that was nominated for Best Actress for Judy Garland, without a win. And Janet... Uh, Gaynor without a win Janet Gaynor had won before um, in the first Oscars who knows what's going to happen if there were to be a tie those are the two I would base the money on two winners I can see it right now although what I see is Lady Gaga dressed up like she was when she won the VMA um, in a scarf kind of dress. So let's hope not. Uh, you know, I 
I'm trying to think of an upset. I know an upset is going to happen. It's going to be a very interesting upset. Will it happen in Best Actor or Best Actress? Who knows? Supporting is always kind of like... Lauren Bacall said it best when she was favored to win for The Mirror Has Two Faces, directed by Barbara Streisand. Some, you know, the you know, favorite to win and then something left field comes out uh, no one's ever heard of before. And that's that. And she predicted her own loss. And and her face is just like when she lost to Juliette Binoche, who is in The English Patient. Oh, God, that movie was too freaking long. Or as Elaine on Seinfeld famously said, it sucked. Speaking of Elaine, Miss Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Veep is coming back. And if those of you on the show don't know, I am a big Veep fan. If you don't know what Veep stands for, Vice President. If you haven't watched Veep with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she has won the Emmy multiple times for it. She played Selena Meyer. Vice President and then President. I'm not going to spoil the rest for you. She is. She makes me laugh. As I've told people, this is not your Seinfeld, Julia Louis Dreyfus. This is, of course, um, this is. This is Julia Louis-Dreyfus saying things that you couldn't say on Seinfeld. There's a a great moment where they're all bumbling about on Veep. And she's like, hey, stand at attention. I'm the vice president of the United States, you stupid little fuckers. And I thought, whoa, that's something we've never heard on Seinfeld. Fuck, you know what I mean? NBC doesn't allow it. Nothing but crap. As I said last night, I fell asleep multiple times yesterday. First during soap operas. Again, during manifest. You know, I couldn't help it. It looked okay. But I was just like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to sleep. Although that's not as funny as the time I did a show on here. And I was really, really sick. And I was, I think I remember, this is how fucked up I was. You hear yourself talking, you think, oh, I recorded the show. I was truly delirious. And then I wake up the next morning, I published the show, and all I hear is snoring. I thought, oh my God, those drugs were not strong enough. And then the next morning I woke up like I had all this pressure in my head. People would call me and text me and I couldn't look at the phone. And then I remember going to my bed and it was so cold. I felt like Linda Blair in The Exorcist, you know, without the green vomit. And it just so happened that I don't know if I predicted that I would need this antidote. I had blended some strawberries and put them in the freezer and just ate them. Like a sorbet of sorts. You know. And eventually the pressure in my head went down. 
I hadn't been that sick in a long time. But yeah, it was funny to fall asleep on the show. I've had people fall asleep on the phone with me and I'm like, hello. And it's not because we're boring or the conversation. They worked their took us off all day long. You know, and that's the other thing I want to talk about. I, I love how, you know, in this day and age, I still know people who are so flowery, so enjoyable, yet don't feel they need to work. Well, until you hit that $10 million, you got to work, baby. (sighs) And I'm not, and this is not from a place of bitterness, but come on. I like that. I Okay, I got to get up. I got to go and make the money. I got to go and make the money for myself to be productive. Responsibility. You know, um... There are several things I won't do because of responsibility, not only to job, but to myself, to my own well-being. Yeah. You know, there are certain levels that I don't go. I know my my strengths and weaknesses. But when it comes to working, I got to work. I did the whole unemployment thing in 2016 and... That was a lot of pounds, you know, and I don't think people understand that. Here's the thing. Grief comes in many different forms. In my family, when someone died, I went to school the next day. I wanted to stay busy. I did not want to wallow in it. To continue on the pathway, you know. And yeah, I remember we, we we had a family funeral in 2014. I went to work hours later. I had to work. And I remember people saw me and said, are you OK? And I said, what are you talking about? Your face. You just as every. Oh, yeah. You know, and then you're kind of. Oh, well, we buried my grandmother today, so. If that's what you see on my face, that's what it is. Because even I know, oh, the walls are going to come tumbling down. You know what I mean? In terms of, okay, who's trustworthy now in the family? You know what I mean? And I'm not going to name any names. You know, or the legacy. Oh, who's the favorite? You know, who's who's this? Who's that? Um, it is what it is. So I take it all the way back to going to work and, you know, and it's tough. I understand, but you gotta go to work. Stay productive. Don't be all flowery. Oh, I can just do nothing. Nope. Because then you're going to regret it that you didn't stay productive that your mind was not active. Instead, it was just flowering, flowering, like a little butterfly. Butterflies don't have a long life expectancy. So, you know, or, well, Natalie Wood's mother would know about that because you know how Natalie Wood's mother used to get her to cry on a cue? She would tear their wings off. Isn't that disturbing? This is before Mommy Dearest. 
are probably around the same time, you know. Tina, bring me the axe. That still gets everyone, you know. Oh, my God. And I don't want to sound overly serious. Oh, you know. Yeah, I, I took the summer off. Do I regret it? Not really. I had my fun. I slept in. I wish I would have gotten up a little earlier and worked out. And now I'm paying for it. So, but you know, when it comes to making money, you got to do it. I feel very thankful, you know, and, and yeah, hey, it is what it is, people. My goal in life is to do this for a living, to make people laugh, to make people cry, to make people think, you know, Along the lines of Carlin, I loved Carlin because he was such a great storyteller and he riled people up. And I've learned that if you rile people up, they stay in your memory bank. Just like on Sunday when I turned the tables on so-and-so and I have since deleted and stopped talking to so-and-so after they called me a fag. So you know what fag stands for in my vocabulary? Well, fuck Adam because he's secretly gay. See how F-A-G. So you take the power back. Because I've been called that word before. And yeah, it hurts. But when he says it, it doesn't hurt anymore because you realize, oh, he's saying it from a place of denial. A place of fear. Put up in his ass. Well, baby, take a fart because it's out. (sighs) You know, I'm so glad we had these times together. Just like Carol Burnett. (laughs) The Dr. Zeus podcast is brought to you by Tuesdays. You know, and of course, we have to bring her out of the box. Gloria Vanderbilt. You know, I stopped crying. Uh, there isn't a tear left. Yeah, that's how I feel about today. Well, I didn't cry. I was just like, there isn't a text message left. You know, what do you say to someone like that? The Dr. Zeus podcast is brought to you by Unpleasant Dreams. I'm basically chilling out. You know, If anything, the wife has taught me. Oh, God, that big reveal. And you kind of know it's coming. And I'm not going to spoil it. It taught me that great actors can hide. And then when it's revealed, boom, the truth comes flooding. It was almost like watching the music video for Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now. I'm not a big Celine Dion fan, but I got to say that is that is a hilarious thing to watch because I've parodied. I used, I used to sing it at karaoke for friends. We would get drunk and I would sing It's All Coming Back to Me Now. And then I'd pretend, oh, look, I'm looking in the mirror. You know, it was fun times. And when nobody's in the house, I'll record me singing It's All Coming Back to Me Now at the top of my lungs and send it to people. They think it's hilarious. One of my friends was like, you can kind of sing. And I said, eh, that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is, is that I'm doing a parody and I love parody. 
I think one of the most brilliant parodies is, of course, Doctor Strange Loves How I Stopped Learning to Worrying to Love uh, and Learning to Love the Bomb, directed by Stanley Kubrick. It was brilliant. Or as I call, uh, Steven Spielberg calls him this, but I call him this too, Maestro. Because Stanley Kubrick really just pissed people off. He delighted them. He made people, you know, you had to watch his films over and over and over. The first time I watched The Shining, I didn't like it. And then I watched it again and again. I went, oh, I get it now. But then when you think, you go, oh, wait, wait, wait. Why are they wearing those those animal costumes? Oh, bestiality. In the middle of winter. That's how to stay warm. All that body hair. Oh, my goodness. But we'll share more of this later in tomorrow's episode. Who knows? I may record it from the truck. I don't know. The Dr. Zeus podcast is brought to you by Tuesday. Two tacos. My goal is to do what I love. And one day it will bring me money. I have I have secretive things that I'm already planning. I do not reveal. Because like Glenn Close and, and the wife... It's going to come out, baby. Unpleasant dreams. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus podcast. I tried to rush deliver this, but you know what happens when you rush deliver. It's not been cooked. Even the audience is ready. The candle has been lit. I'm lit from within. A star. I always said I would watch A Star is Born when they got nominated. The Oscars are on Sunday. I don't know if she's going to win because I saw the wife with Glenn Close. and Oh, my God. But I have to say something. Bradley Cooper. What did you do to me? You got those baby blues. And you could sing the blues. I mean, everything about him. Now that's country. But it's rock and roll too. Because I'm going to say this and people are going to think, what were you on? Nothing. Jackson Maine is a composite of Kurt Cobain. It's there. You can see it. Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, and um, Hank Williams Jr. Oh, Hank Williams, sorry, not Jr. <laughs> and a little Elvis, too. You know, but the Cobain thing is not just because of what Cobain, you know, Cobain unfortunately took his life, and Cobain was an addict, just like Jackson Maine, the character. It's thunder and lightning right now outside, so it's kind of like, ooh, distracting. Um, There was a swagger. This is this Jackson Maine. The first person I thought of when I saw him on there, Bradley Cooper singing, he's got the guitar. I thought of Sturgill Simpson. The grit. The style. Just spitting it out. Blue style. It It was amazing to watch. The fact that he directed himself doing that. And Lady Gaga. 
No, Lady Gaga, she starts off, you know, great singer, so much heart, and then they try to turn her into this pop star. <sighs> and I mean, you're even embarrassed for her. He's even embarrassed for her. Because he knows what she's capable of. You know what I mean? <coughs> Academy, I hope you're listening. Give the Oscar to Bradley Cooper, please. He deserves it now. He was not Bradley Cooper. He was so transformative. I've never even, even um, American Sniper, almost said American Psycho, oops. <laughs> Same thing. If you really read about Chris Kyle, you know what I mean. It's not all true what he did. He lied about his medals, but we're not going to dive into that horse of a different color right there. Maybe it was red, maybe it was green. This character that he's played, his face is weather beaten. He's seen it all. He's fucked it and snorted it. <coughs> and here he is. He meets that girl and it's that that's the last shot of life he has is falling in love with her. I think that's what kept him alive for a lot longer. You know, and then it breaks your heart. It breaks your heart. It's a beautiful film. Bradley Cooper, you're amazing. Lady Gaga, you're amazing. So, yeah. I just want to give credit where credit is due. This is the Dr. Zeus Podcast. And now we're going to switch gears. Um... Over to um, the Dr. Zeus podcast. You know, it's time to be, be funny. Everyone was all out of shape about the thunder and lightning. I wasn't. I loved it because I thought, ooh, the gods are talking now. <coughs> I'm Peter Pan. Nice to meet you. Um, I'm truly am Peter Pan because today my nephew was like, where, when does my Venom toy come? And I said, oh, soon. I said, I have one too. And he looks at me. Why do you have a toy? Because I do. So I bring it out. He looks at me. Can I take out a box? I said, no. Well, I said, he tell you what, we'll wait till Friday and, we'll, and I'll we'll play with Venom. Our action figures. We're really going to do it. It's going to be funny. So... Yes, I did buy a Venom figure. I'm a kid at heart. Not a Toys R Us kid because they closed them down. They really closed them down. And it's sad. But you know, it's the end of an era. Um, that Thunder and Lightning show, it just made me go, whoa. God is real. And this is beyond religion, denomination, dogma. Yeah. Because I also say the gods, because, you know, I also am Native American. The Native Americans really, 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 they built this country to the point where you can hear the wind. And lightning is not fear, but lightning is the beginning of life. I'm not trying to get all philosophical. This is the Dr. Seuss podcast. 
But lightning is cool. Thunder and lightning. You know, now I sound like one of the Muppets. Thunder and lightning. Ooh. Yeah. Hey. To, you know, I had to take my mind off of the seriousness of A Star is Born. It was very entertaining. But seriously, when she tries to be the pop star, it's like, mm. And that's where you kind of think, oh, okay, that's Allie Maine, not Lady Gaga. Because Lady Gaga does it in a different way. See what I mean? She was able to compartmentalize the characters in the sand to separate. Because you did not see Lady Gaga up there. You saw Allie Maine. Just like Bradley Cooper. You don't see Bradley Cooper. You see Jackson Maine. He also has a little tinge of Tim McGraw. I'm not a big Tim McGraw fan. But I thought, ooh. Taking off your shirt and everything. Getting out country on us. Bradley, what you doing? What you doing? Mm Mm-hmm, that's right. You know what I mean? And trying to talk like Sam Elliott. Mr. Tombstone himself. Virgil Epp. Why or White Earp? Virgil Earp. The one, remember, he lost the use of the one arm. You know, not a one arm bandit, but he's he's Sam Elliott. I mean, fuck it. He will beat your ass. With one look, he could beat your ass. Oh, God. You know, he breaks your heart in the movie. It's a beautiful movie. Um, but I, I'm talking, you know, this is the Dr. Zeus podcast. Um, there are some other podcasts I need to listen to. It's like, oh, God, I got to catch up. So much catching up to do. Work, life, craziness. Yes. The thunder and lightning has calmed down. I wish it would come back. I miss it. <coughs> it's like a friend to tuck me in. You know what I mean? This is the late night show. Very, very late. The movie. The candle. Burning it above it. You know. Um, life is humor. Humor is life. And all the while I'm thinking, oh God, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. Sometimes I have to pull them up, you know. Nobody wants to see crack, you know. Remember, crack is whack. Just ask Whitney. Um, I have a funny story to tell about that. Because, you know, out of tragedy comes humor. When Whitney Houston died, I said to my friend, hey, I might come visit New Jersey. And he's like, why? I want to go to Whitney's funeral because we thought it was going to be public. Why do you want to go to that? I said, hey. I want to go up to Whitney and say, hey, see if she's really gone, you know, because I didn't believe it. Hey, Whitney, what's up? I want to dance with somebody. (laughs) And he's like, you're fucked up. I said, hey, that's how I deal with with grief, you know. And he's like, I thought you loved her. I said, I did. Oh, I did. But, you know, I'm even, she would even laugh at that. Like, motherfucker, you crazy. You want to dance with somebody? She's like, I'm in this cast and I can't even get out. Shit. You know? 
Mm. Star is born. All the while, I'm, I'm trying to picture Barbara Streisand watching that. She's like, oh, Bradley, you look so, you look so Koopa. Oh, Bradley. You know, my, Barbara Streisand says to her husband, I have to go take a shower now. Oh, a hot one or a cold one? A cold one. I'll meet you in bed in an hour. You know? Lady Gaga. Oh, Lord. Oh, at least she didn't say that her name was Stephanie Germata in this, you know, starring in A Star is Born. She, you know, she's not going to dim her light, which is good. <sighs> well, people, this is the Dr. Seuss podcast. It's short but sweet. Unpleasant dreams. 12 hours of applause. Do you think you could take that? Sound effects in stereo. Thank God, I'm not watching the Connors. I was thinking about that the other day. I thought, is that still on? You know. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Roseanne is just like, I'm gonna go help the Middle East. Mm, Okay. Help yourself first, sweetie. The Dr. Zeus podcast is brought to you by a bag of nuts. Honey roasted. Or chewy, you decide. Good night, unpleasant dreams.